ora and welcome to the Authentic Connection podcast. It's Tish here and myself or Laura will be having conversations with some really incredible and inspiring guests and we'll be sharing their stories and also their wisdom with the intention of collectively creating a platform in which consciousness can continue to evolve and expand. There's so many learnings that we can take from listening to other people's stories, which is why I am so excited about what we're sharing here, and in particular, this next episode. So I had a conversation with a friend of mine whose name is Fraser Beck, and he is a breathwork facilitator, and he's also creating his own breathwork method called The Um. And I first met him at Aroha Wellness Retreats and he really is on a mission to teach the world how to breathe, believing that our breath is the epicenter of human function and if we all learn how to breathe properly, just imagine what a massive impact that could have on our health. So I'm really excited to share this conversation with you and yeah, we'll dive into how Fraser fell into breathwork in the first place and the science behind it and then we go on many a tangents <laughs> so yeah I hope that there is something in here that resonates with you and that you may be inspired to look into breathwork yourself so without further ado here is my conversation with Fraser Welcome to the podcast, Fraser. Thank you, Tish. I'm very excited to do this. <laughs> I'm very excited to have you on. There is many a things to talk about. Yes. Breathing, eh? <laughs> yeah. Breathing. Breathing is exactly why I've brought you on to this podcast. But before we get into the breath work, mm-hmm. I'm really keen to hear your journey. Like, how did you mm. end up doing what you're doing? It was a spine disease or a a degenerative spinal disorder at age 13, although uh, it was effectively a misdiagnosis. Uh, after going to a physio and then an osteo an chiropractor, and then I got referred to the, the musculoskeletal specialist who had three or four doctorates and he was um, quite ahead of his time in, term, in terms of uh, musculoskeletal medicine. He told me that, oh, Fraser, you're not breathing right. And he had specialised in developmental movement or developmental kinesiology, so how the baby breathes and moves and how that naturally uh, it, it regulates your nervous system and the, the musculoskeletal system in which, like, the way that you're, you're supposed to move, you're designed to move. And then for the first time in 10 months, uh, no back pain when I walked out of the clinic and a sense of clarity Wow. Yeah, and that was the, like, hmm, there's something to do with breathing that is important. <laughs> that was where the journey started, but mm. I didn't really realize that at the time. Yeah, it's fascinating how when our health deteriorates, that's when we realize there's something we have to do about this. It makes you wake up. There's something, mm. your health is taken away from you. Yeah, you don't take it for granted anymore. You're like, whoa. Because, uh, like, one of the it was the physiotherapist said, "Oh, you won't be able to play rugby or contact sport." Wow. And at that time, I was driving like, 
had the will to win, you know. <laughs> wanted to play professional sport and wanted to go hard with the whatever athletic endeavour or physical pursuit. And so was there a particular session or, you know, a moment in time, an experience where you really realised that breath work was going to be a big part of your healing journey? Yeah, good question. No one's asked that question before. Uh, yeah, it was, so I'd suffered an ACL injury uh, at age 19, which is just after the first year of university. You go to Rhythm and Vines and then you drink for two weeks straight and then you come back and you try to uh, sprint and change direction fast. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't pay well. So I injured the knee and during the rehab, I felt like I was just twisting more and more out of alignment, trying to like do the movements of squatting and things to uh, rehabilitate the knee. And it wasn't until I went to a Bikram yoga class that I felt balance in the body mm. for a, a small moment in time. And with so much emphasis on the breath and then you know, mobilizing the body, strengthening, mobilizing in that class, I just remember the, the sense of being far more grounded and balanced in my body when I walked out. And I was already on the breathing buzz, but that just got me even more like aware. Mm. Like yoga came after breathing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I mean, it's really cool to just notice how there's a connection between all these, these practices, eh? Mm. <laughs> well, breathing is the connector, which is the, the real, like, light bulb moment. And people know that breathing's important, but I don't think people fully, uh, you know, I think they're underestimating how big this thing is. It's the epicenter of human function, and we should be having a, a breathing practice just like we brush our teeth. Like it should be that kind of ingrained into who we are as humans. Mm, it makes so much sense because you literally need to breathe to be alive. Yeah, it is your health. Yeah? And to, to breathe to your full capacity is to take control of your health. So can you explain what a breathwork practice might look like if mm. you were to integrate it daily? Yeah, I think five to 15 minutes, depending on uh, you know, how your day was flowing. And there's so many different ways to breathe, funnily enough, even though you, know, you can do it in your nose or in your mouth, vice versa, even though we are anatomically designed to breathe in and out the nose. There's no arguing that. But you could pick from a range of different techniques that suited you. And if you explored these different breathing techniques and found one that you've resonated with at the time, then you could do that mm. for a week, you know, 10 minutes every morning. And then just notice the compounding effects of how, you know, as you slightly increase your, your conscious awareness of your breath, which is increasing your, your interoceptive uh, ability, you can sense what's happening on the inside of your body better than you had prior to doing the breathing because you're expanding, compressing all the the neural uh, you know, innovation of your diaphragm. You're starting to feel it on the inside of the body. So you could pick from any number of techniques. Me personally, I'd usually uh, 
train a full exhalation because it's the first thing you learn when learning how to breathe. The more you can fully exhale, the more intra-pressure you create or intra-diaphragmatic pressure, which allows you to use the vacuum. Mm, yeah. Creating space in the body mm-hmm. while you're doing that. Interesting. So, yeah, what do you do every day? What's, mm. what's yours? At the moment, I'm doing a, a Kriya, which is a Kriya in Sanskrit or yogic languages like to do. And it's an ujjayi breath where you partially close the aperture in the back of your throat. A lot of yogis will know of ujjayi breath, but it sounds like this. Inhaling and and by using the musculature of your tongue and the the muscles in the back of your throat, you partially close the hole in the back of the throat, controlling the speed and pressure of your breath. And I do a four second inhale, a four second breath hold, a six second exhale and a two-second breath hold. And that two seconds after the six is where you're working. Yeah, you're creating some carbon dioxide tolerance, which is really vital. It's really good for your physiology. Helps to dilate everything inside the lungs. Cool. Yeah, and there's so many different techniques. It's like, it's a hard question because like, people listening to the podcast who have never done breathwork, you know, it's like, where do you want them to start? Yeah. You know, what's an easy thing for, for people to catch on to? And I'd say it's learning how to exhale with a, a bar streaker typed uh, movement where you, you're trying to exhale more than you ever have before. In the moment that you're training the breath, in this moment, exhale more than you ever have before. Squeeze everything out and begin to lift your pelvic floor musculature. The lower abdomen hugs in every part of the ribcage compresses smaller all the way up into the back of your throat and as you relax you know you've you've exhaled compressed and contracted and then as you relax the breath naturally floods into the body so that's the best thing to practice in the beginning i'm definitely going to be doing more of that Mm. (laughs) every day so bundles yeah the bundles, the bundles. <laughs> you start talking, I'm just like, oh, we could go there or there or there or there. But I know we'll get there eventually. Yeah, there's so many topics. Well, should we go, let's go down the science route first and then we can kind of come back to the bundles. Okay. Or we yeah. could explain how the science talks to the bundles. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe through fascia? Yes, that's it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so the bundles in yoga are three uh, internal locks in the body that you want to maintain throughout not only your yoga practice but your everyday life and they are they're known as mula bandha which is your pelvic floor and perineum your toilet muscles lifting up 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 number two is your uddiyana bandha or the lower abdomen hugging in towards the spine and then number three your jalandhara bandha which is your epiglottis your vocal diaphragm uh, which you create with the chin tuck uh, those three bandhas, your Mula Bandha, Uddiyana Bandha, Jalandhara Bandha, relate to your three main diaphragms in the body. 
your urogenital diaphragm, pelvic floor, the respiratory diaphragm, number two, and uriana, and then your vocal diaphragm up top. So it's the connective tissue that connects these three areas, known as fascia, which is a very ubiquitous uh, <laughs> substance. It's everywhere in the body, but there's different layers for different things. But because this fascia has contractile properties, we know that when we're exhaling and turning the bundas on, we're actually creating an anatomical connection as well. Like, this is real shit. <laughs> this is actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> you can feel it. Mm. Like, the yogis knew what they were up to, of course. <laughs> We've just been very slow to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. But it's so blatantly obvious as well. Like, pranayam, why, why they would use breathing as a way to maintain health and heal thyself. Mm. <laughs> heal thyself. Heal thyself. Mm, so maybe a little bit, how, so this fascia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess because it's everywhere, and so the way that I'm understanding it mm-hmm. is that because it's everywhere and you're kind of creating this anatomical connection within Mm -hmm. it's then loosening the fascia or telling the fascia to be fluid Mm -hmm. so then there's you're like facilitating your own healing all over the body not just that's a a beautiful review absolutely like yes everything you said is that's the message that's the download fascia is within the last 10 years it's been researched more and more and more it's the most exciting uh, scientific discovery within the last hundred years, I would say, and because all the best professors and best researchers are collaborating and connecting the dots, like uh, you know, one person finds out that creating mobility within the cellular biology of the fascia decreases free fat mass and increases the good types of fat cells that are used within your immunity, and then another professor finds out how the contractile properties of fascia uh, go under each other as a contraction is created. And as one muscle contracts strong enough, it starts to recruit the fascia around it in different layers to summate more force. Uh, Fascia's over there, and then there's breath work that started to pop up as well. And we haven't yet fully made the connection with fascia and breathing uh, and the connection is something known as the deep core or the deep front line. This is a uh, an anatomical, fascial known thing. It's in the book Anatomy Trains, who's by Thomas Myers, Dr. Thomas Myers. He pretty much wrote the Bible of fascia. And it explains the bundas, but with even more detail as to where the connection from your tongue uh, blends down all the way into the arches of your feet going through your diaphragm and through your breathing apparatus. So with all the breathing programs popping up, which is so like exciting to see because it's a wave of consciousness, like Wim Hof, power to the brother because he's just absolutely, like everyone started to click into it. It's like, okay, I feel much better. <laughs> uh, you know, um, uh, my, my relationships, my health, everything within life is revolving around this energetic practice of breathing so the deep front line and I'm just going to call it the deep core because it makes 
It's easy to remember. And it's exactly what it is. And it's clinically relevant because when they talk about it in anatomy and science, you've got a superficial layer like the skin and then it goes deeper and that's the the actual anatomical term they use. You know, a surgeon would say it's deep to this this layer or this. That's deep to the core. Yeah, it is, this is the deep core. Hari om. Bom bom bolida. So... <laughs> It wasn't until working at Aroha mm. with you, Tish, and like I only started a year ago, but I started meeting people that had the spiritual understanding of, of breath, even more so, and had been practicing ceremony. And <laughs> so being exposed to that has been the yin to the yang. Yeah, mm. the yin to the yang, which is exactly kind of what like science and yoga in some ways is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Balance. Balance. It is about balance. And I guess what's exciting is that science is like pointing to not necessarily just yoga, but like spirituality for the lack of a better word. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so from all of that, it's quite evident that you're super passionate about breath work and teaching us all how to breathe. And you do have your own breathing program that you are working on called the om would you like to tell us about the om yeah so the om is an acronym for the optimal health model and it's play on words obviously om being the uh, primordial sound of (laughs) the universe Uh, and the om is looking to connect the ancient energetic philosophies such as yoga and traditional chinese medicine of the eastern world with the modern era of Western science. And of course, there's a a lot of people doing that. Uh, But I want to use the OM as a way to also uh, explain the high water philosophy, which is native to Aotearoa, New Zealand, which is such a beautiful philosophy I hadn't realised, even though it's taught all the way through high schools, the, the concept that health is broken into four main dimensions being your physical health your mental and emotional health your social health and your spiritual health and well-being uh, and then the word itself ho order translates to ho or ha being breath or wind and order being life mm. so it was a big like universal <laughs> like here have that of course the download yeah yeah and it's um, so first you learn how to breathe in the first phase you learn uh, three to five different breathing techniques and similar along the lines like you've got to learn how to fully exhale first and then it leads into the idea of fascia because if you want to learn how to breathe to your full capacity You've got to be educated about fascial tissue and how uh, it begins to stick to itself and adhere different layers of muscle, organ and connective tissue together if you don't move it. And with the modern lifestyle, we sit a lot (laughs) in front of a computer for 40 years. You may not have moved these deeper internal layers of the diaphragm and, you know, within the rib cage and the four layers of abdominal musculature for a while. So it's quite stuck. 
like glue. If you leave it for long enough, it gets so stuck that it's very hard to release. Uh, luckily... Which is kind of scary to think about. It is, it is. If, it you, is. if you never moved it. Yeah. You see humpback of, you know, the humpback of Notre Dame and uh, different people's postures from how they've lived. Eventually the collagen fibres within the fascia uh, become elastin. A very, it's like rubber. Um, and you learn in the second phase of the OM, it's called the deep core. So you learn five areas of this deep core structure and how to strengthen and mobilise them. So first phase is breath of life. You learn how to breathe. Second phase is the deep core, strength and mobility of these five crucial areas in your body. And then number three is uh, the human blueprint. The, the way in which we as infants all naturally move and how that relates to something called dynamic neuromuscular stabilization. So finding optimal what is the optimal joint positioning of everything in the body and how the strengthening your diaphragm, this big you know, musculoskeletal stabilizer in the center of your body, how that regulates everything. Mm. Wow. Not just the physical. <laughs> yes. But yeah. That, but, so I guess that was actually going to be my next question. Yeah. Right? Because you were going to say spiritual, were you? Yeah, wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> See, it, it's hard to pull the reins back when you start talking about it. Because I know. <laughs> you just start. <laughs> That's very exciting. What I think will be interesting for us all to hear then is, have you had a spiritual experience through breathwork? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was actually a time after which I'd gone to a yin yoga class after doing a relatively intensive breathwork practice. 30 to 45 minutes of first preparing the body, very subtly and very passively breathing, slowly and connecting with the body, then kind of finding a peak in the practice, uh, really oxygenating the system, and then eventually regulating uh, the CO2 and oxygen. And uh, of course, you've expanded and compressed all these layers of fascia which creates electrical conductance, pietroelectricity going up into the brain and affecting the nervous system. Uh, and then when I went to the yin class, my jaw clenched shut like extremely hard uh, near the end of the practice. And yin, if you don't know it, is a very passive restorative class. But this wasn't me doing it. And then I went, uh, <laughs> it was as if I was uh, scouring the universe for for knowledge, like hieroglyphic kind of um, golden visuals. Mm. It's the only time I've ever experienced uh, changes in visuals relating to an altered state of consciousness. And then, yeah, just a, a deep knowing mm. following the practice. And then that led to the muscles of the tongue there's 16 of which, and the way in which the tongue applies pressure to the roof of the mouth is important for the nervous system, and thus regulating every other vital function in the body, your palatine spot. Um, and from that, I knew that I was going to go look up you know, the jaw clench and what, what was happening during that moment. It kind of gave me a, a download, like, 
look into that. Mm. Yeah. And so from looking into that, what did you find? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it ended up it ended up uh, a study of looking at how the tongue and a muscle known as your psoas um, connect. Your psoas being the most vital core muscle in your body, the only muscle that connects your lower body to the upper body, up into the, the centre of your spine. And there's a fascial connection from uh, your hyoid musculature in the front of your throat that actually dives deeper. These are quite superficial in the front of the throat. And when you clench the jaw, you start to engage them. And when you swallow and feel your tongue press up to the roof of your mouth, you feel them link up to a degree. And then you start to practice uh, that interoception, that knowing that these two areas are connected. And then it starts blending down into the deeper part of your abdomen, which is your psoas, or Uddiyana Bandha. When the lower abdomen's hugging in, and the chin tucks, and the jaw clenches, and the tongue pushes up, you feel it. It's like, mm. ah, yes, that is human. <laughs> it's like there's something... It's hard to explain. What What do you think... <laughs> this? <laughs> so what's controlling that? Like, you know, you're giving us how to breathe. Mm-hmm. What's actually doing the breathing? Oh, <laughs> oh what a question. <sighs> the most beautiful breath is when you are not thinking about it whatsoever. The breath is slow and silent. And the breath is a natural movement from the, the air on the external environment outside of your body, moving in towards the internal environment inside the lungs it's a pressure gradient and naturally uh, breathing occurs by itself without us having to think about it and manufacture it Uh, a lot of people because you've never practiced breathing when you're subconsciously doing your work on your laptop or you know at work you're holding your breath a lot of the time you're forgetting to uh, relax. You know, the body starts to build up tension and hold on to tension in different layers, and then you actually start to become stressed because you've stopped breathing altogether. And when we connect these deep core areas and strengthen them, and you know, again, it's a balance of strength and mobility, and strength and mobility to to find the optimal function of the human organism. But when you start to feel it, it makes sense. It's an innate. Uh, thing within your body that you're like oh yes this is how I'm supposed to breathe <laughs> mm, it's like this deep awareness eh? This, you're cultivating through breathing this deep awareness mm-hmm. of yourself yeah and it goes straight into meditation like a lot of meditation is also being taught at the moment really exciting and you can see it's going to be so important for the evolution of and consciousness around the globe but breathing and meditation are so synonymous uh, in ways and yet they're completely different than others. But I think if you learn to breathe first, the ability to meditate naturally comes. Mm, that's quite powerful. Yeah. Especially if you are um, perhaps finding meditation quite tricky. You know, if you've just gotten into it and it's like, far out, my mind is so full. It can be, eh? Like, 
it can be quite daunting. You close your eyes for two minutes and you're like, okay, <laughs> this is uncomfortable. I need to go do something. <laughs> There's a lot going on in there. <laughs> yeah, true. So have you found then for you that your breath work has really enhanced your meditation? Amazingly, like I've only just started a proper meditation practice this year. But I had already been feeling and experiencing it through the breath. Uh, just as you practice uh, meditation, sitting quietly, eyes closed, and doing the introspective exploration, uh, you start to cultivate the sense that you are meditating when the eyes are open and when you're living. Uh, that naturally happens with practicing the breath as well. And it's only when you practice the breath consciously are you really going to take it to that next level yeah it's not as much to go into a breathwork session and because it's new and it's unorthodox and it's a little bit different for you to not fully be present with the practice because that is yeah that's the big ticket (laughs) Yeah, the big ticket being and it being conscious of your breath is such like a practical, simple mm-hmm. in some ways thing to do to to notice and awareness. What is this is the you know, the age old question of the universe, what is consciousness? <laughs> what is consciousness? Yeah. And how does breathing relate to the cultivation of which and how when the majority of the world is so you know, new to this idea of breathing, do you Trojan horse it <laughs> yeah, into the, <laughs> the Western realm? The via the breath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a... <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's more than, like, yeah. just breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget that. <laughs> there is much more to be discovered through the breath. There's more than meets the eye. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Um, wow. So, also, <laughs> this is relevant world world news at the moment. We're all in a pandemic. Yes. Um, we are very... I'm feeling very grateful to be in New Zealand at the moment through this time. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, the breath, you know, COVID is, yeah. is a respiratory issue. Virus, so, yeah. So yeah, do you have any, any insights for those around the world who, you know, like, or for all of us, because it might, you know, the, the borders might open here soon. And Yeah. How very ironic, eh? Mm. All, all the breathworks going to pop up and there's a respiratory virus plaguing the globe. One of the most uh, exciting things I've been looking into is something called hyaluronin, uh, also known as hyaluronic acid, but they tend to call it hyaluronin in the literature more so now. Um, And hyaluronin is very, it's like magic. This substance can hold up to a thousand times its molecular weight in water. So it's really, really important for your hydration levels and then it relates to uh, how things are circulating in your body. When a severe COVID-19 patient 
starts to have a mass increase of hyaluronin in their lungs, because it attracts so much water into the molecule, it starts to clog the area and it makes like a gel on the inside of your lungs. So you effectively drown from the inside out because you can't get any oxygen into your blood, into the system, because all everything is clogged up in the lungs. It's a natural immune response that also happens in liver disease. And... <laughs> quite a lot of diseases for instance and hyaluronin and the regulation of which is something that I've started to kind of stumble across and think hmm this is important and how does respiration or optimal breathing regulate hyaluronin synthesis which is the 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 creation of new hyaluronin in the body generally majority of the population are running at a a deficit you've got a little bit you could do with more hyaluronin in your body because it does help to increase flow to a degree. But when the body suffers a chronic disease, it goes the you know it goes too far the other way. It's like okay, mm. <laughs> and then it you know, out of balance. Out of balance. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You've got to, You can't have too much. Can't have too little. Got to have the optimal. So then, how does the breath? Mm. What does the breath do? So. Uh, first I'll explain where hyaluronin is found uh, in high quantities in the eye uh, in the lungs and particularly in between the deepest layers of musculature and fascia in the body also known as the deep core (laughs) the deep core oh holy shit (laughs) we're back here yeah we're back (laughs) the deep core is something that as a human you should probably be taught like probably be taught at a young age <laughs> of course uh, in between the deepest layers of fascia and muscle you find hyaluronin in a, a large amount and it is the the compression of the different layers of connective tissue and the sheer force allowing layers to glide upon one another that synthesizes new hyaluronin so it creates more lubrication Uh, and when you remember that concept and you go back to the wider picture of breathing as you expand and compress with each inhale and exhale you're not just breathing into the lungs you're not just expanding pressure into the intra-abdominal cavity and your your thorax I believe we we're expanding into every layer of connective tissue in the body. There's a few different theorem talking about fascial resonance. And it makes so much sense because the pressure and rich of that breath is going to unstick and uh, create a, uh, an optimal environment for the, the layers of fascia to glide upon one another. And when you can maintain that mobility you maintain the circulation of blood and lymphatic fluid, which is, again, in yogic philosophy, it's the preventer of all chronic disease. Mm. If you keep, keep energy moving, keep everything flowing, you're healthy. Mm, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Mm. Wow. And, yeah, great explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's very, very... Ins- like, hyaluronin is a... Um, like, we know a lot about it. But now that fascia's being researched more and more uh, and people are seeing how important that is for the regulation and synthesis of it, now all the research that we've got relating to 
uh, hyaluronin increasing in these different chronic diseases, it starts to connect the dots. Yes. It's like, okay, fascia's the main thing here. You know? Fascia's the great regulator. And if we can keep that healthy, mm. then the whole body stays healthy. And how do we do it? Through breathing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We've connected all of the dots. Yeah. Mm. Ah, wow. So with this, with breathing, there's, I've had some really interesting breathwork experiences. And oh. one of them was um, holotropic breathwork, mm-hmm. which I had my first session with a guy called Sandro. And that was, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Like yeah. I just signed up to a day of breathing. I think I remember you saying about this. <laughs> I had no idea <laughs> what was going to happen. And How long was, ago? It was wild. It would have been probably two years ago now, actually. And like I, I went home and was like so excited about what had happened. Like it was an experience that I'd never ever had before mm-hmm. on multiple different layers. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, I guess in terms of, it was actually kind of a fun and a scary experience at the same time. Like I found myself in hysterics, and the next minute I was crying. Yeah. And people in the room were also having this outrageous experience together mm-hmm. and my hands <laughs> kind of started to like claw over I guess yes. and they got quite stuck and anyway but then afterwards I felt so liberated yeah. and like I had had all of this emotional release and I didn't need to know I wasn't it wasn't like I was knowing exactly why yeah um, but anyway can you explain what was <laughs> what's the, what, going on yeah okay <laughs> well I was going to ask you what was the 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 feeling within the mind after finishing the practice was there a, a noticeable difference from you know, how busy the mind was until finishing the practice mm. so I guess what happened for me was through the experience I cultivated an awareness that there was like an inner world mm-hmm. and an inner landscape perhaps to become aware of and Mm. acknowledge what is consciousness yeah (laughs) and like I'd experienced I guess snippets of this on smaller scales like through yoga and through um, like gentler breath works perhaps but Mm -hmm. this was like quite a profound Mm -hmm. glance inwards and and then what was interesting is how the body was then experiencing that as well, mm. which I became fully aware of the whole thing because yeah. you're conscious of the whole yeah. experience physically and mentally and like emotionally. Yes. And then to some degree too is spiritually, like it was, and it connects like we were saying before with the high order, it's yeah. connecting all of those areas. And that's why afterwards I was like, holy shit. Boom. <laughs> That was, but it was quite intense, and yep. I was a little bit like, I don't want to go and do this again quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, what's going on there? Like, what's happening when the body starts to, you know, your hands are pouring over, and because yeah. look, there's a lot of things happening, so there's a lot of different uh, yeah. tangents we could go down. <laughs> Why don't we go for the hands first? Yeah, it's tetany, and it's yeah. a release of magnesium and sodium into the nerve cell, and your body's very good at regulating uh, th- this process as you start to breathe fast and intensely in and out the mouth you're blowing off a lot of your carbon dioxide and it's that response that uh, creates the the uptake of magnesium into the nerve cell and sodium and when that happens you get the the contractions in the hands and the spasms 
uh, near your periphery, hands, feet, and face, uh, furthest away from the heart, which is something I've been thinking about. <laughs> but that's the physiological process behind it. We don't necessarily know what the spiritual meaning of that is and how it relates to trauma healing. Uh, we're, we're beings that hold on to energy. We are energetic beings. And when we experience something negative, sad, or really traumatic, and we don't deal with it in the moment, it can be stored within the body. And the science of fascia is starting to explain exactly how with different types of cells in the fascia and how it, uh, it creates adhesions. <laughs> Coming back to that same overarching idea of breathing and fascia and unsticking, creating fluidity and circulation. So you know, just like you could get a physical injury and have physical trauma, you get a scar. If you, you know, have something happen in a relationship or with a loved one, something really traumatic happens and it is stored within the body it's only when we start to breathe and expand and unstick and keep you know, expanding compressing bigger and bigger we start to move these adhesions within the fascia and then things happen hysterics crying laughter energy is released in a way that you don't necessarily know why but something's happening <laughs> mm. yeah. and after you go through that healing experience you know that it's been a healing experience because you have a deep knowing you just know yeah you feel like you've you've let go of the thing that you were holding on to subconsciously or consciously mm. yeah and it's beautiful and it helps you um, yeah, connect with others Authentically. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I love when they say the title in the movie. <laughs> oh We're just out in the deep blue sea. <laughs> so good. So, yeah, for everybody <laughs> listening, deep breathing, clearing trauma is a way to connect authentically with each other. Yeah. Mm, have you found that for you? Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, in whole order, mm. they you know, the physical comes first. They don't necessarily say that it does, but you always explain it as uh, taha tinana, physical taha hinangaro, the the mental, emotional, uh, fano, social, and wairua, your spirituality. So I've kind of always read it in that order, mm. and the physical comes first, and then that leads to how breathing changes your your mental landscape your memory, your mood, your cognition, your focus, and then eventually the social, then people, you know, people kind of stop going, well, how does me breathing? I imagine my mum. <laughs> how am I, how, how is me breathing going to help me connect with people? <laughs> <laughs> your, you know, your, your biofield, which is a natural, you know, scientifically explained uh, electromagnetic Radiant, you know, this thing that is pulsing out from your body can affect other people's biofields. And if you can you know, increase the the frequency 
of your vibration, of your electromagnetic vibration, then it's increasing the <laughs> the joy and the love and the the happiness. It's you know you feel the vibe. And vice versa, if you you know you're vibrating pretty low, had a big week at work, the kids run around, something's happening you know with with your partner, things like you feel it's like oh. This is, but in those moments when you are resonating into your, your your high frequency, you feel it. And breathing is a, a surefire way to guide you towards that place. And as you continue to cultivate it, uh, yeah, the way that you show up in the world and the way that you connect with others, it's, it's bound to affect it. It just makes absolute sense. I'm not entirely sure with how we... We explain how the energy is affecting the other individual and its you know, scientific depth, but yeah, it's all there. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. You kind of have to just trust that it is. And the, the thing I think that's important here is that we can feel this. Yes. When you walk into a room and, um, and there's a bad vibe, <laughs> you can feel that. Oh, yes. That is such a good point. And everyone knows that. You can feel the vibe. You know, stop and think of that right now. Like you can feel the vibe of the room. You can sense when someone is a little bit anxious in conversation or not fully present with you. Maybe you haven't thought about it like that before. Maybe you just thought they were, you know, blowing you off. I don't actually I don't I don't vibe with that person. Yeah, you can recognize that people are either there present with you or not and what is consciousness <laughs> and what is consciousness the great question mm. <laughs> wow so when it comes to authentic connection then with yourself mm. and obviously the breath is a part of this yeah yeah like 100 percent. like even after experiencing these moments you can have massive ruts we don't do the practice and uh, you know, you're not vibing with people and you're not in an, your heart and mind isn't open you're not coming from an open place and you're not loving life as much as you were in that moment where everything was vibing and resonating uh, so the epiphany was you know, the, the discipline and the, the presence and the, the continued uh, growth and evolution of the individual which is the the beautiful journey of life and to trust that there's going to be ups and downs but know that if you have a little bit of <laughs> you know, awareness with the breath and continue to cultivate that uh, things will illuminate the path will illuminate and things will start to make sense Mm. And then you know, people say, what path? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's a collective consciousness thing going on. Maybe mm. there's something that's supposed to be happening from a spiritual point of view uh, that breathing is going to assist. Maybe. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> Throw that in there. <laughs> Maybe. I think 100%. 100%. Mm. And it just makes so much sense because it's just such... Uh, it's the fundamental part of being a human. Yeah, it is. 
uh, a vital piece of somorphosis, the regulation of all biological systems. Mm. Yeah. Mm, the breath so powerful. Mm. Wow, man, I've learned a lot. Mm. <laughs> so good. Can I add in? Yes. There's a guy. There's a professor called Bruno Bordoni. Bruno, if you hear this, <laughs> reply to my emails, man. <laughs> And he's, uh, he's, the, he's the boss. He's just got the, the coolest anatomical musculoskeletal uh, rehabilitative literature, like the coolest science, looking at the, the diaphragm and the anatomic influences it has over the entire body system. So a lot of the, the deep anatomy and deep uh, neurology of the diaphragm and breathing and fascia this dude studying those two things, like he's he's an important piece of the puzzle. Uh, he's also starting to look into how energy travels within fascia, uh, and we're starting to get to like a quantum level. How energy is moving through your connective tissue. Uh, you know what is happening when a masseuse or a body worker is healing you. How is the energy moving from their hand through? the layers of tissue to assist in the healing response. Mm. Yeah, what I'm getting from that is how science is going to point to intuition. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're an intuitive masseuse and you're actually feeling onto all of that energy and your own intention and everything. Yeah, so cool. Like that, that is so powerful for the experience. Yeah, yeah. If you were just moving the direction of the muscle, you knew that it's like body working is a pretty special thing. To be a healer, you're in that flow frequency. You're you're channeling something. We're channeling. You're channeling breathwork for humanity. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is like my um. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's the Dharma because I know that things change with time. Your primary purpose is to awaken and your secondary purpose changes with time. as Eckhart Tolle. And like, I know it's got something to do with breathing. I know that you know, if, I, if I can get kids breathing in schools and breathing uh, to be more of a foundation in the medical model to kind of offer a, a real alternative to the biochemical pharmaceutical corruption that we live with, and we all know it. Mm-hmm. We all know it. <laughs> you just can't stop it because it's big money. It's you know, it's corporate lobbying. It's the biggest. But man, if people connect, if these people that are making these decisions uh, connect to themselves, then maybe that collective consciousness thing will start to yeah, just happen. Eh? And then, like for the health of humanity, breathing is free. Yeah. <laughs> It's so. It just makes so much sense. It's so it's blatantly be, obvious. Yeah. Yeah. The wow, so much goodness. Yeah, into the education system and schools, is uh, sorry, and hospitals is what I really want to mm. to you know, help catalyze. The paradigm shift is happening, and we're all trying to help catalyze it. I just want to you know, do my part. Yeah. 
Well, if there's anybody out there listening to this podcast that is interested in connecting with Fraser to help him do this, please get in touch with him. Yes, please. Yes. So, Fraser, we'll start winding up. I've got another little snippet to get from you. Mm -hmm. If you were to give us a quote or like a little golden nugget, Mm -hmm. something that you live by maybe, or just something that's popping into your head. Oh, yeah. Breathing. The epicenter of human function. <laughs> I love it. Of your physical, your mental, your social and spiritual well-being, the epicenter is the breath. Mm. And where can people find out about you? Mm. The OM, or the Optimal Health Model, uh, is going to be up within the next two to three months. Uh, and eventually it's going to be moving up and down New Zealand. Aotearoa doing seminars and workshops. Uh, as well as a, a workplace wellness initiative. And then it will start popping up in different areas, I imagine, like, as it really starts to roll. But um, you check it out on Instagram. You can also check out my kind of personal one, Yoga Athletic Science, if you wanted to send a message and get in touch. Or just have a yarn, have a, a call it on, on breath. Mm, <laughs> love it. I will also put all of that into the show notes. Thank you. (laughs) It's been so fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having a yarn. Yeah. And being on Authentic Connection. Thank you for inviting me. It's been amazing. (laughs) Namaste. Namaste. Well, what a conversation with Fraser. Massive gratitude to him for sharing all of that knowledge with us. As you can see, he is very passionate about breathwork and I'm really excited to see where the OM is going to go. Since Fraser and I recorded this conversation, he has launched the OM's Instagram. So the handle for that is at Optimal Health Model. And if you did enjoy this episode, Laura and I would really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on the iTunes podcast app. And otherwise, have a beautiful rest of your morning, day, evening, wherever you are in the world. And we are looking forward to sharing more goodness with you soon.